17. I'm going to be honest with you. I came this morning and I had my Bible marked in two places. I had it marked in 2 Kings chapter 13 and I had it marked in uh, first, or in Luke chapter 17. And I really didn't know which one I was going to preach. I had them both on my heart this morning. You know, the only thing worse than having nothing to preach is having too much to preach. Amen. And uh, don't you get nervous when I say that because I'm not going to preach both of them. But uh, I was sitting there and I said, Lord, I don't know which message you want me to preach. And they sang that last song about the leopard. And I and honestly, if you look at my notes, I worked a little on it yesterday morning. I almost preached it last week. I didn't have a title for it. You know, you can't preach without a title. At least sometimes we think that. And I didn't have a title this morning. I said, well, if I preach that, I don't have a title. And then they sung that song about the leopard. And so I'm going to preach this morning on Let Me Be the One. Amen. I think I'd just go right in hand with the text or with the song that was sung this morning. If you're able to stand with us, Luke chapter number 17. I sure enjoyed the singing, didn't you? Amen. Let's don't die on the preaching this morning, all right? If you can shout on singing, we can shout on preaching. Isn't that right? Luke chapter 17, verse number 11. The Bible says, And and it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourself unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was cleansed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? And there are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would help us this morning. Lord, I don't want to say anything that would grieve the Holy Spirit. Help me not to do anything that would grieve the Holy Spirit this morning. And I pray that you be glorified. May your Son be magnified and may the church be edified this morning. I pray for sinners that are under the sound of the gospel that they'd be saved by the grace of God. Help our hearts draw us near to Calvary. And may you be pleased with our worship. And we'll thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. You know, our text uh, that we've read, it highlights several different things that I'll just mention and then move on this morning. But in verse number 11, we do see the place. The Bible said, And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem that he had passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Now, there's three places mentioned there, Jerusalem, Samaria, and Galilee. But the emphasis here uh, would be that on Samaria. And so we see the place. And then in verse number 12, we see the people that as he entered into a certain village, there met him... Ten men uh, that were lepers. So uh, these people here have a real problem. And we see that problem that they are lepers. And the Bible said that they stood uh, far off. That is a picture of any sinner in the presence of Jesus Christ that without the shed blood of Calvary we must stand uh, far off. Amen. And that's where we were when God found us. He brought, He found us afar off and away from God. So we see the places and the people and the problem. But notice the prayer in verse number 13. The Bible said that they lifted up their voices and they said, Jesus, Master, notice this, have mercy on us. Now, them being Samaritans and being Gentiles, uh, they couldn't 
couldn't come for, on some term of, of heritage. They couldn't claim Father Abraham. They couldn't claim some kinship. Uh, uh, they were standing afar off more than in the physical realm. But even in, the, in their own nationality, they was afar off. But the terms that they came and that they pleaded were not the terms of their merit. It was not the terms of their heritage. Uh, but they came on the terms of mercy. Amen. And I'll tell you, that's how any sinner gets in the family of God. We must come on the terms of mercy. And I see their prayer. That's a good prayer. That's what that publican prayed when he said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Amen. If you want mercy, you can have it this morning. All you got to do is ask for it, just like they did. And so I see their prayer. And then I see the power. As the Bible says that when he saw them, he said unto them, go show yourself unto the priest. And it came to pass, notice this, that as they went, they were cleansed. Uh, when they obeyed the word of God, as they made their way to the priest, uh, the power of God was real in their life. I tell you, you'll never see the power of God if you're not willing to obey the word of God. And they followed at the word of God. And the power of God was real as they were cleansed of this dreaded disease. Uh, and then we see their, uh, the praise. As the Bible said in verse number 15, our text this morning, the Bible says, and one of them, which when he saw that he was healed, he turned back and with a loud voice, he glorified God. Amen. Now some people like to go to church where it's quiet. And if that's what they like to do, I'm not going to knock them. If that's what they want to do, uh, they can help themselves. Amen. I mean, they want it quiet. They want it peaceful. Uh, they want it, listen, uh, uh, real, uh, uh, you know, real calm. And if that's what they want, help yourself. But this leper wouldn't have made it in those kind of churches. Amen. Uh, because what Jesus did for him, uh, he couldn't just glorify God with a calm voice and with a quiet voice. Uh, but notice it in the text there. The Bible said with a loud voice, uh, he glorified God. Now I'd say this about that verse there. If praising God with a loud voice didn't bother Jesus, uh, then it ought not bother any of us. Amen. Uh, I tell you, we ought to not get upset because he didn't get upset. Uh, uh, listen, he couldn't help it. If you'd been where he had been, if you'd been in the shape he was in, and you were, if he was lost, uh, you know what? Every now and then you want to praise God with a loud voice. Amen. And so we see the praise. Uh, and then we see the position. Notice this. Uh, in verse number 16, the Bible said that he fell down on his face at his feet. Amen. I'm telling you, this leopard got low. Uh, he humbled himself. And when God saves a sinner, that's what happens. You got to get low. You got to humble yourself. Uh, and you'll be humble after God saves you because you'll realize where he brought you from. You realize what he did in your life. Y'all with me this morning? Uh, I'm talking about his position is that he got low. That's what Calvary does. Uh, it puts us at the foot of the cross. Uh, and when you get at the foot of the cross, guess where you're at? You're at the feet of Jesus. Amen. And he got at his feet. Uh, and there's nothing like being uh, at the feet of Jesus. Amen. And so we see his position. And then we see the proclamation. Uh, Jesus said, where were there not ten that were cleansed, but where are the nine? Here's the proclamation. There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. Amen. And so Jesus makes a proclamation that ten were cleansed but only one came back. And I would say along with that song this morning, let me be the one. Amen. Let me be the one that'll glorify God. Let me be the one that'll turn back. Let me be the one that'll get at his feet. Let me be the one that'll thank him for what he's done. And then we see the principle. As Jesus says to him in verse 19, arise, go thy way. Here's the principle. Thy faith hath made thee 
whole. Amen. That Jesus did something for this man that he didn't do for the rest of them. Amen. You know why? Why? Because faith, he turned back. Faith will always turn you toward God. It'll always put you at the feet of Jesus. Faith will always cause you to glorify his name. And faith will always make you whole. Amen. When I think about that this morning, I'm really just interested in verse number 15. I'm just interested in this one this morning. And you might say, Brother Gravely, why would you be interested? There were 10. Why be interested in the one? Because in verse 14, he was cleansed. In verse number 15, he was cheerful about his cleansing. He praised God and he gave thanks in verse 16. And then because in verse 19, he was changed. Amen. I'm telling you the reason I'm interested in this one is because though 10 of them were cleansed, only one was cheerful and only one was made whole. Only one was changed. And I want to be that one this morning. I want to be the one that gives glory to God for what he's done in my life. Amen. Our churches have become mortuaries rather than sanctuaries. I'm telling you, meeting Jesus had a great effect on this leopard, amen? It didn't just affect his flesh like it did those other nine. Their flesh was affected, but it affected this man's faith, amen? What Jesus did for this man was more than something that was done on the outside that could be seen. It was something burning and something turning on the inside. I'm telling you, as he began to go toward the temple and go toward the priest, he looked down like the rest of those men and he saw that leprosy that was gone it was vanished it had left and thank God it did something internal it did something in his life I'm going to tell you this morning what Jesus does it'll go deeper than the flesh friend it'll go deeper than a feeling it'll affect your faith it'll be something on the inside and what happened on the inside thank God it spilled out on the outside amen I would say this morning that faith, if you look in verse number 13, yes, it affected his words. As he said, Master, have mercy on us. They were unified in that prayer. Some meant it and some didn't. Amen. And well, you see that faith affected his words and faith affected his walk. The Bible said in verse 14 that as they went, you say the just shall live by faith. Amen. And the Bible says, we walk by faith and not by sight. And my friend, faith had affected his walk. And then thank God it affected his worship. All of a sudden, he's not interested in the temple. He's not interested in the priest. You know who he's interested in? He's interested in Jesus Christ. Amen. Faith will take you beyond religion. Faith will take you beyond formality. Faith will take you beyond the house of God. And it'll take you to the God of the house of God. Amen. The El Bethel in our life. That's what faith will do. It will affect our worship. Hallelujah. They got it singing that song, I'm redeemed. Thank God it is uh, just a small word, but it means the world to me. Doesn't it mean the world to you? Uh, faith means something, something, and it affected his witness. Uh, uh, Jesus, uh, it got his attention. I tell you this morning, uh, our witness ought to get Christ's attention, and then it affected uh, his world. Uh, as Jesus said in verse 19, go, uh, arise and go, thy faith uh, hath made thee whole. Don't you know that when this leper, when he walked away from the presence, 
presence of Jesus, his whole world had been turned upside down. His whole world had been changed. I'm telling you, he went from a leopard one day, listen, missing parts and his flesh falling apart to now he was made whole. Jesus completed the task and faith had affected his world. Amen. You might be here this morning and say, well, Brother Gravely, that's fine for that leopard. But I don't want to get too far out like he did. I mean, here's a guy that when you think about him, there was 10 of them that was healed why or cleansed. Why couldn't he just act like the other nine? Have you ever thought about that? I mean, why did this guy have to turn back? Why couldn't he just went on with organized religion, went on down to the temple, showed himself to the priest like the other nine and just went on about his way? Why did he have to be, can I say this, why did he have to be a fanatic? Why did he have to leave the crowd and, and turn back to Christ? You know, that's what the world wants us to do tonight or this morning. They want us to just blend in, don't they? They don't mind us having church on the side of the road. They, they don't mind us singing our songs. And they don't mind us having a little sermonette for Christianettes uh, who smoke cigarettes and drive Corvinettes, uh, Corvettes and dress like majorettes. Uh, I'm telling you, they don't mind us just going about our business uh, and doing our little old thing uh, and living our little old life. Amen. It ain't going to bother them one bit. But I'll tell you, when you get like this guy, when you get too far out uh, and when you start glorifying God with a loud voice, uh, when you start giving thanks openly and publicly. I tell you, the world doesn't like that. It disturbs the world. Why couldn't this old boy just blend in? Why did he have to be the one? I'll give you three or four thoughts this morning and I'll be through. Number one, look at verse 14 again. I think he was the one because he was spared. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. I don't know what the other nine thought about it, but I know what this boy thought about it. He had a death sentence on him. He knew he was dying. He knew that it was appointed unto him to die. He knew that he could not help himself and he knew that the wages of sin was death and there was no hope for him. Physicians could not help him. His family could not help him. Society could not help him. Organized religion could not help him. The Pharisees could not help him. The Sadducees could not help him. But all of a sudden he meets Jesus Christ and my friend just by one, just by one direct quote of his word and obedience to the word of God. You know what happened in verse 14 when the Bible said they were cleansed? This old boy realized I don't know about the other nine but he realized his life had been spared. He realized he was just about gone. He realized he was just about to die but all of a sudden Jesus spared his life. I want to tell you I don't ever want to get over the fact that Jesus spared my life. There's no telling where I would be this morning. There's no telling what I'd be doing and you either. Amen. You say I was raised in church. I've seen a lot of raised in church uh, they became hellions down the road uh, but thank God where life is spared uh, and then spared from the shackles of sin spared from this world uh, spared from the tragedy of sin uh, spared from the scars of sin uh, hey this morning uh, if you want to know why this boy was the one uh, was because he realized uh, that his life uh, had been spared Hallelujah. how many times has God spared our lives 
I'm not talking about, and I'm not, I'm not against it, but I'm not talking about going down the road in a car cutting in front of you and God sparing your life. Thank God for that. I'm not talking about the physical. I'm talking about spiritually. He spared your life from hell. And then I'm talking about spiritually. He spared your life from the snares of Satan and from the sin. There's more to this thing than just the physical. Amen. I shout because God has taken care of my physical life. But I'm glad this morning I can stand here and say that I don't have all the scars of sin. I don't have all the scars of sorrow. You say, have you not failed God? Sure I have. But he has spared my life. Hallelujah. I'm glad I'm not a drunk this morning. And I'm glad God saves drunkards. I'm glad I'm not on a bar stool this morning. I'm glad he spared my life. Uh, Sir, why did you want to be the one? He said, I'll tell you why. Because I was spared. Then look at verse number 16. Sir, why? Well, did you want to be that one? He said, I'll tell you why. Because I'm a Samaritan. The Bible said he fell on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And notice this, and he was a Samaritan. You know what that meant this morning? It meant he was an outcast. It meant that by all means, Jesus shouldn't have had anything to do with him. It meant that the disciples would not have anything to do with him. The Pharisees would not have anything to do with him. You know what he was this morning? The same thing you and I are. He was a Gentile dog, amen? He was alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. He was on the outside looking in is what he was. None of the promises of the Old Testament was to him. It was to the nation of Israel. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't of the house of Israel. He wasn't on the inside. He was on the outside. Hey, I'm glad that God loves the nation of Israel. He said, yeah, I've loved thee with an everlasting love. And thank God for the Jew this morning. And we praise God for the Jew. But I'm glad that when Paul got saved in Acts chapter number 9, he lit the lamp of the grace of God to the church angel. And God slipped the plate our way, thank God. And now whether Jew or Gentile, the middle wall of partition has been broken down. And hallelujah, we can get in. Amen. i tell you who we are this morning. If you're saved, you're a product of the Apostle Paul. Amen. Of his preaching this morning. You're a convert of the Apostle Paul. I'm glad I'm in the church age. I'm glad I'm a part of the church. Hey, he was a Samaritan. He was an outsider. He was an outcast, but he's been brought in. Hallelujah. Well, we ought to shout for that. You ought to thank God that he brought you out, that he might bring you in. Hey, we're not what we used to be. We're not where we ought to be, but we've been brought in. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, I'm not in the Masonic Lodge. I'm not in the Mooses and I'm not in the Gooses, but I sure am in the church. Amen. I'm glad to be a part of the church, of the living God. I thank God for the church. I'm glad I'm a part of the house of God. Isn't it good to be in the family of God? It's good to be in the brotherhood. It's good to be a saint. It's good to be a part of his family. It's just good to be in. Hallelujah. I'm in the church. I'm under the blood. I'm sealed with the Spirit. Isn't that a blessing this morning? I tell you, this old boy, he's praising God. Let me be the one. Why was he the one? I'll tell you why. Because my friend, he was spared. And then because he was a Samaritan. And then look at verse 18. Why did he want to be the one? Because he was a stranger. And they are not found that return to give glory to God. Notice this. Save this stranger. 
You know what I like about that verse that blesses me, Brother Laddie? Is that Jesus will let strangers glorify his name. Jesus will let strangers get at his feet. Jesus will let strangers. You think about it this morning. I'll tell you, you don't open your door to strangers, isn't that right? I mean, if somebody was to knock on your door and you didn't know them and they say, hey, could I come in? I'd just like to come in and visit with y'all for a little while. But you had no idea who they were. I'd probably stand there and say, well, sir, we'll just step out here on the front porch and talk a few minutes. Uh, uh, You know, with my hand in my pocket, wrapped tightly around my pistol. And if he didn't need the pistol, I'd give him a track. Somebody say amen. But if he needed the pistol, (laughs) amen. I don't look so sanctified this morning. You're not letting strangers in your house. Somebody knocked on your door and said, I know you don't know me, don't know where I'm from, but I'd like to spend the night. I just need a night to spend somewhere. You know, no, you're not going to do that. We're not, we don't, we're not too kindly to strangers just coming in. But not Jesus. Jesus let a leopard. He let a stranger. He let a Samaritan. He let, you know, what's interesting about verse number 19 is that the disciples, if, they'd have took a, if they took a vote, the disciples would have voted this stranger down. They would have said, now wait a minute, Lord, he's a Samaritan, he's a stranger. Uh, you know, uh, we're not going to let him in, amen. But I'll tell you what Jesus did. He let him come all the way up to his feet. I don't know if this man was missing a nose, missing an arm, missing a foot, missing a leg, missing some toes. I don't know, but there was probably some deformity in his life. In order to be made whole, he had to be missing something in his life. Uh, I'll tell you, he must have been a gruesome sight. He must have been someone, even with the leprosy gone, he had the, he had the, uh, the dysfunctional uh, disfigurement about him to prove what he used to be and he would always be known in some form or some fashion as he used to be a leper. He might not be a leper now but you could look at him and tell at one time he would have had leprosy. I'll tell you what salvation doesn't do. It doesn't leave you where it found you. Amen. Salvation don't just cleanse you up. It'll pick you up. Amen. It'll get you out of what you used to be. It'll make you a new creature on the inside and on the outside and before Jesus gets done with this old boy he's not going to be a stranger anymore. I don't I'd be a stranger. The old songwriter said, when I get to that city, thank God when I get to the other side, you know where I'll be? I'll be home, hallelujah. I'll be at my father's house. I'll be on the other side. I'm glad this morning. I'll tell you why he's the one. Because he was spared. Because he was a Samaritan. And because he was a stranger, hallelujah. The angels desire to look into salvation. Why would they desire to look into this? I'll tell you why. Because God accepts strangers. Then I would say finally, this morning, the reason this old boy said let me be the one was not only because he was a stranger and a Samaritan and he was spared, but in verse 19, thank God he was saved. Arise, go thy way. Look at this. Thy faith hath made thee whole. When he said thy faith, he was saved. He wasn't just saved from leprosy. He was saved from sin. Jesus does a greater work in verse 19 than what he did in verse number 14. 
Because the work in verse 14 is physical. But now when we get to verse 19, we've left the realm of physical. And now we're on the realms of spiritual. Jesus said there's something else going on in this boy's life that's greater than leprosy. Amen. He didn't just get healed from leprosy. You know what happened to him? He got a new life in Christ. Amen. Thank God his faith. It made him whole. He didn't just put his parts back together on his body. And I'll tell you, this boy went home. I'll tell you, there's something on the inside. I don't know if he had family and friends that gathered around. I don't know what the conversation would have been. I guarantee you one thing, the testimony would have been something like this. Oh, yes, I no longer have leprosy. And yes, I've got my arms back. And I've got my legs back. And i got my nose back. He said, I'll tell you, i got something more than that. Thank God i got something on the inside that you can't see. i got something that's not earthly. i got something that's internal. i got something, hallelujah. It's going to live. And when this old body's went back to the dust, I'm telling you this morning, thy faith, it will make you whole. I'm so glad this morning. I feel so good in my soul. Hallelujah. I'm telling you this morning, it's just good to be saved. It's just good to know Jesus. It's just good to have faith in God this morning. Praise God. It's good, isn't it? I hope when I'm 90 years old, I'm still shouting. Amen. I might be in a nursing home somewhere. I might be in a wheelchair, but I still want to be shouting, don't you? I'm telling you, say, well, preacher, I'm not too much on it. That's all right. But you just let me do it. It just feels so good to be saved. It just feels so good to pass from death unto life. I'm so glad I'm not going to hell. I'm so glad I'm not a drunk. I'm so glad I'm not what I ought to be. I'm so glad I got heaven to look forward to. I'm so glad I got something to shout about, to sing about, and to praise God. God about. I'm glad this morning I can still bless his name. The Lord is good and he's been good to me. I got something to shout about. Whoa, praise God. It's good. We ain't ever going to quit shouting in this church. I don't care. I don't care, listen, if the richest man in the county joins, he'll have to put up with us. Amen. I don't care how much cabbage he's got. Isn't that right? We're not selling a shout out for anything. I, listen, dignified people are welcomed here. But don't get beside yourself if we act a little undignified. Are y'all still with me? I know it's 1206. I can look at it right here. But I don't care. Because I got something to shout about. And I still say it's good to come to church on Sunday morning and it not be a funeral home. It's still good to come to church on Sunday morning and be able to lift our hands up and magnify the God of heaven who brought us out of nothing and put us in everything. I'm so glad this morning. Don't you thank God you're saved? Don't you thank God you can praise God? Isn't it just good, Brother Tim, to be able to say hallelujah, bless his name. The Lord is good. If you can't shout on preaching, you can't shout on singing. I say, thank God I'm not what I used to be. Hallelujah. Praise God. Faith will make you whole. If this old boy got his eyes on the nine, he'd have never went back to Jesus. He'd have ne- I, I wonder if one of those nine, there's a couple things. I'll give this and be done. There's two things I wonder about the text. 
Brother Daniel, I wonder if when he turned back, because Jesus told them all at the same time what to do. So I'm assuming from the text they came together. They got cleansed. The Bible says as they went, there it is, they were cleansed. So there's ten of them walking together. And as the ten are walking, one of them said, hey, 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 look, is yours gone? Mine's gone. And another one said, mine's gone too. And another said, look, look, mine's gone too. I mean, all of a sudden they stopped and they're all overwhelmed. Hey, you don't have it. Yours is gone too. Yours is gone too. And in the midst of all that, I'll tell you, there was one of them. He stepped away and looked back. He started glorifying God. I don't know what them other nine were doing. They might have been so overwhelmed they never did think about it. Or they might have said, well, look at him. I mean, he's, he's going back to Jesus. I'll tell you, it didn't matter what that crowd was doing. I'll tell you, he was so overwhelmed that he had been cleansed. He had to stop for just a moment and turn back and say I'm going back to the one that changed everything in my life hey, you know what church is Sunday morning Sunday night and Wednesday night it's coming here and going back to the one that changed our life we got something to shout about and this morning as they get us a song ready let me be the one I would say if you're saved hear me this morning I don't want anything. And I, I said this, I think, the other day, but I, I can't help it. It's, it's in the text. Obviously, the Lord wants me to say it. That old boy didn't let his problems, he didn't let people cause him not to worship. I never want circumstances to affect my worship. He's just worthy, isn't he? I remember a few years ago, had somebody come to me, and they, uh, they left the church. And they did more than leave the church. They actually they got out of the will of God. Not, they, they got, it wasn't evident that day, but within a year it was. And I remember they said this to me. And it stuck in my mind. It's probably been 10 years ago. They said this to me. They said, I... I just can't worship here no more because of some people. That's what they said to me. And I thought to myself, I think I might have even said this to them. I'm not sure, but I thought it. Well, no matter where you go, there's always going to be some people. Is that right this morning? It's a good church, not a perfect church. Wherever you go, there's going to be some problems. Well, I'm not just talking about church, but in your life. And you cannot let people, you cannot let problems rob you of worshiping the one person that's worthy this morning. See, if we all came for the right reasons, then none of us came really to see each other. And we, didn't, we came to worship together, but we came to worship Him. And I remember that person told me that. I thought, Lord, help me because I made the same stuff they are. I never want people. I never want problems. I never want places, good or bad, to affect my worship. The only, time you, the only reason you worship God in this church is because you think it's a good place. That ain't a good reason to worship God. Because there's going to be some Sundays it ain't the best place. To worship to this old boy was personal. It was all about what Jesus had done for him. That's how worship always needs to be in our life. And then if you're here this morning, you're lost. You're like this leopard.
You're disfigured, discarred by sin. And you need to be made whole this morning. And Jesus can make you whole as we stand at our feet. Do you need to come and get saved? Do you need to come and say, Lord, help me to be like this leopard, to see no man save Jesus only? While we sing, if you need to come, you'll be.